Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bruce Moll from Commonwealth Magazine, and with me today is Rick Domino, the president and CEO of the business group A Better City. Welcome, Rick. Great to be here, Bruce. Also with me is Jim Aloisi, the former Secretary of Transportation and a frequent contributor to Commonwealth. Glad to have you, Jim. I'm glad to be here, Bruce. We're talking today about a deal struck this week to provide funding for the Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy Greenway Conservancy, the nonprofit organization that manages the string of parks that sit atop the central artery in downtown Boston. Let me set the stage a bit. The Greenway is owned by the state but it has been leased and run by the Conservancy since its opening. There were initially a lot of complaints about the Greenway itself, its appearance, the dearth of users, etc. But those have largely died away, and the big issue has become money. Governor Charlie Baker and some of his predecessors have shown an eagerness to reduce the amount of state money going to support the Greenway, with the Baker administration vowing to eliminate the $2 million a year it provides in operational support as of July 1st. A deal, however, was reached this week that continues the $2 million in outside funding for operations, but puts the state on the hook for only $750,000 of that amount. Businesses abutting the park are expected to chip in $1 million, and the city of Boston will add another $250,000. Why was this deal so complicated to put together? Rick, you were part of it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, We've had a chance, and I've had a chance as, as former Secretary Aloisi to be involved with the Central Lottery Tunnel Project for a number of years. And you'll remember I was the Transportation Commissioner when we were designing and permitting this project. So the idea of creating uh, this open space was something that started way back in 19, and codified in 1991 in an environmental impact statement that, you know, myself and a number of good people, including Fred Salvucci and John DeVillers, uh, and, and Steve Coyle were part of it, and, and we're very proud of creating that open space and also creating the 27 acres that became available once the central lottery was suppressed. But, uh, and then some good thinking came about relative to the design and planning of that park space, and, uh, and then the idea of actually constructing it came about, and we built some special features, et cetera. But the question of who would be responsible for financing that space has really been on the table for many years. And um, in one can you could argue that the environmental documents were pretty clear about that that it was a i in fact funny enough i was i sold the property when i was the transportation commissioner i signed the real estate transaction that sold that space to the commonwealth of massachusetts so it was state-owned land so i think you could say that gee you might have assumed that that's state-owned land it's state it's state property uh it's a mitigation measure for the central lottery town project so therefore the state's going to take forward a reasonable assumption but in the context of of let's say 2017, uh, reasonable people thought that we might look at the notion of shared responsibility, mm-hmm. uh, as I think the state was looking to do some cost management and also uh, look at the opportunity of bringing other players to the table relative to the relationship of the asset. So explain, just for our listeners, a better city gets involved because you represent quite a few of the companies that abut the property. The, the great, great question, uh-huh. yes. A better city has been in place since 1989. In our original uh, uh, context and name was the Ottery Business Committee. So way back then, uh, and I was the Transportation Commissioner at the time, and and Fred and I were very lucky enough to go to this kind of one-stop shopping business group on all matters related to the Central Ottery Zone Project. And so uh, this notion of thinking about this 27 acres and it being part of the Central Ottery was kind of like this renaissance opportunity. And you can imagine the business community uh, really seeing the 
great opportunity to celebrate kind of transforming this relationship to the downtown and the waterfront. Great idea. It worked. Thank God. Um, so we've had an abutter committee in place all the way back, all the way back to then, kind of thinking about not only um, the design of the future greenway, but also the impacts of the construction of the central artery car. So the, they've gotten their hands dirty on this. And so I still represent them. We changed our name about 11 or 12 years ago to a better city once the project was completed and the butter committee stayed in place, involved with like master planning and designing. We got involved with the Dewey Square parcels and helped made them turn out to be something better than what they, they were gonna be. And I gotta give Chairman Amaral a lot of credit for helping us with that during that time. Uh, we made sure the parcel 18 wasn't gonna be fenced in and just loam and seed, kind of like a ramp parcel that's- really But let, let, let's road. get back to the, uh, the greenway here. Yes, of course. Um, so you represent the butters. There's been a lot of talk about these people have seen the values of their properties go up, so shouldn't they contribute more? And it's been a, dis a long, as I understand, a long discussion, but that's how you got involved in this current uh, negotiation. Yeah, right? it's been a long discussion. I think it's important to understand that the abutters have been contributing for a long time. Um, how so? The, well, first of all, the, the good news is, is that um, as, as Jimmy and I knew, um, that the Central Lottery Tunnel Project was going to bring great economic opportunity to the city and the region and the Commonwealth. Well, along the Greenway Corridor, frankly, as, uh, as soon as the um, decision was made in 1987 that we're going to do this thing, land values started to see an increase in property value because <laughs> people knew that right in front of their door there was going to be an elevated structure was going to go away. Um, so the notion of infrastructure improvements and parks do help relate and directly relate to real estate values. But those real estate values were captured by what's called real estate taxes. So uh, that area of the Greenway and the related properties have seen a property growth rise that's incrementally higher than, for example, the rest of the financial district. So they've already so, paid. Is your so yeah, so those, you know, we, we, we analyzed uh, 30 or so properties that were valued at $10 million or more, and you know, their values went up significantly um, over the last seven or eight years. And Today, they're paying $150 million in real estate taxes. Gotcha. Um, so, and they, they all agreed, and we all supported the idea that the Community Preservation Act should be funded. So, that same group is paying another $1.5 million in taxes. And again, that's okay. But uh, when people are asking a group of people that are already paying lots of taxes if they want to pay an increment more, then what we basically were encouraging, which was a, a conversation that really had everybody at the table which meant that we should all put something into this, this notion of shared responsibility. And that was a, a very open and thoughtful conversation. Okay. Jim, I noticed he calls you Jimmy, too, uh, which... Yeah. <laughs> it's an East Boston thing. <laughs> but now you, you wrote a column about uh, the Greenway and, and this whole d decision making about how it should be funded. Yes. Give us your thoughts on why is this so complicated? Well, I don't know why it's so complicated. That's that's really the question I've asked and continue to ask since the beginning of this century. Um, <laughs> it has been complicated. No one thinks it's complicated that the state pay for Spectacle Island. No one thinks it's complicated that the state pay for the Esplanade. We're not asking for shared responsibility on on Spectacle Island or the Esplanade. Yeah, there are the friends of the Esplanade that do some nice things. Somehow the Greenway just seems to stick in people's craw. I don't know. It's, and it, by the way, it's not a partisan issue. This, is, this was true of my former boss, um, who, who couldn't 
see his way to figuring out why it was important for the state to support the Greenway. Ironically, the most, the most generous thinker we've had in the corner office on this topic was Mitt Romney, who signed off on the original deal that we put together in 2004. And I wanna, one of the reasons why I wrote that article was to remind people where this started from. It's ironic. The state, uh, as Ricky points out, the city sold that land to the state. The state owns the land. The state designed the Greenway. To their credit, they designed it pretty well. It's pretty high end. The fountain is proprietary, and you know you don't find fountains like that in many places other than Las Vegas, right? It's designed well. It was designed uh, and built by the state. The Greenway Conservancy was meant to assist in the effort to keep this as a first-class, well-endowed entity. If there was no Greenway Conservancy, if back in 2003 and 2004, Mitt Romney and Tom Menino and Bob Travellini and, and Jim Aloisi and a bunch of other, Matt Amarello decided there's no, no, no point creating a conservancy, too much work, too many headaches, you know, the state owns it, the state should take care of it, we wouldn't even be having this conversation today. So for those people who look to the Greenway Conservancy in particular and say you should do more, they're sort of like blaming the victim. The, the, the conservancy is a creation of a group of civic-minded people back in 2003 and 2004 to assist in mm -hmm. the uh, maintenance of the Greenway. So now fast forward to today, and we still treat the we, the community of people who are decision makers, still somehow treat the Greenway differently than they treat Spectacle Island or the Esplanade or the Boston Common, for that matter. And I don't really understand why. Anyone who sees it today knows it's a huge, huge success, not just in terms of the people vibrantly using it, but in what it means to the city and to the region to have a historic an old city like Boston have this gem of a mile-long uh, open space that's interactive, that's pleasant, um, and yet we struggle to find a principled and fair way to keep the funding going. So you raised a really interesting issue, but you don't ever answer. What's your, what's your theory about why governors... Well, I don't have a theory. I, d I really don't... <laughs> it you is, just don't understand. I, I really don't understand. I don't yeah. understand it because it was clear to Mitt Romney back in, in 2004 that he should s agree and sign that agreement. It was clear to him. Why yeah. it hasn't been clear since is beyond me. I think that uh, what Rick has done, um, you know, he, I would say, uh, not to embarrass him, he's one of the business leaders in the city who actually rolls up his sleeves and gets, no pun intended, into the weeds and stuff like this and gets things done. And, and so, and I respect that, and I think it's a good thing. I, my concerns are manyfold. One, once you start putting caps on, whether it's the city's contribution, or the state's contribution, it's like capping the gas tax, right? If it's not indexed for inflation, it, it, its power decreases over time. So we're looking at that as an issue, or at least I am, number one. Number two, um, $250,000 of maybe money that the city will give once it does its deal on Winthrop Square, not a lot of money when you think about what the Greenway needs. And as Rick points out, the city has benefited tremendously by increased property taxes along the Greenway. And so 
from a city's perspective, eh, I, 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 it is true in 2004, prior circumstances, that the city contributed nothing financially to the Greenway, but it wasn't in a position to do that. In 2017, it's maybe a good time to revisit it. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things I've tried to address. But I've tried to ask people who like the Greenway, who use the Greenway, who appreciate the Greenway, to think about making their voices heard and let people know in the political leadership, hey, we like this. We support. We would support you. We would have your back if you decided to, to, to provide funding for this and support it because we think it's important to our quality of life. Those people... Uh, and there are there are thousands of them every day. You should really let their voices be heard. Rick, you were in these negotiations. Now, now tell us who the people sitting at the table were, and then describe, if you could, the tenor of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited by the uh, commitment and leadership of the governor's office and the mayor's office on this. Uh, you know, the point one of the points that you know we're both making here is that that uh, it, it, the question of a long-term financial structure to support the Greenway has gone on too long. So we certainly want to start off by giving the governor the credit for saying, okay, let's get to the table and start talking about fixing this kind of long-term financial gap and relationships with Greenway. I think that that was a great idea, and it's actually something that was really important. But did they come in the door, and did the governor's people come in the door and say, let's share in, in the in the support of the Greenway, or did they say we're out of here? Uh, and the you real, guys have got the real principle up. in the negotiation was let's find a long term financial solution to solving this financial quagmire related to the Greenway. I mean, um, as Jimmy points out, and Jimmy Jim knows, um, you know, we see this as a you know we when we were younger we saw this as a renaissance opportunity. Imagine, I mean, we, and again, we got to give Fred Salvucci a lot of credit. I mean. And I was lucky enough to be the commissioner during this time. And Ray Flynn actually was a great guy and a great mayor to actually let me do all the work that I needed to make sure we move this project uh, over the permitting finish line uh, together with Governor Dukakis. And so that was all good. And the kind of vision of this project is kind of what people are experiencing every day just in one section along the Greenway, which is really now a vibrant, wonderful, active space. It's, in fact, destination-quality space now. We all hoped for that when we, right. we were younger. So we've got there. Um, but the fact that, you know, just, you know, at the end of the Patrick administration, sadly, the Greenway was on a month-to-month deal right. with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, yeah. which is no way to run any airline, Absolutely right? correct. And so, you know, you got to give Governor Baker some credit. He stood up and said, okay, you know what? That month-to-month deal doesn't make any sense. We're going to cover your next two years, and then we need to get at the, on the, at the table to talk about what the long-term financial solution is. And he, he and... Uh, the secretary brought us together with the mayor and said, hey, look, let's get all the actors in the room and see if we can figure this out. And then, the, the, again, the, the second principle was uh, let's do this in the context of shared responsibility. And we all thought about how that could work. And the good news is, is that um, because of the timetable of a business improvement district, and I know Jim knows this, but uh, business improvement di- districts have structured into the state law the question of revisiting their creation after the fifth year. It's basically a baked-in sunset provision where the business improvement district leaders have to come back and say, okay, how's this working out? Is this a good thing? And um, and the MOU is a six-year MOU. And so there's... MOU, Memorandum of Understanding. understanding. Yes, I'm sorry, Bruce. And that gives us a chance to see, okay, where are we with the cost of this thing? Uh, is, are there any adjustments that need to be made? 
is the right proportional relationship to this still working? Um, and I think that's a good window of um, in time to kind of test uh, this relationship. But I, but I, the good news is that while the business improvement district speaks to revisiting this thing in five years, it do doesn't make it that complicated. So if everything's working well, um, and all parties are kind of moving in the direction of keeping their contribution at the table uh, and working collaboratively, I think we'll we'll all be in the mood to see what we can do to make sure that we're ready for the next. Uh, set of five years, et cetera. This is, th this is not an issue. I just want to be clear. It's not a Charlie Baker issue, a Deval Patrick issue, because it's not about them. But I want to make this point to anybody listening who owns a house, whatever. You own the land. You design your house. You build your house on the land that you own. And then you say, you look around to your neighbors and you say, I'd like to, you to share in the cost of maintaining this house. Think that that is the principle that I want people to keep in mind. The state bought the land and owns it, designed the parks, built the parks, and it did so because of an environmental requirement. The certificate signed, as Ricky points out, in January 1991, without which there would be no central artery tunnel project. And we're looking for cost sharing. Okay, um, I, 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 I'm not. I don't object to having other entities, if they desire, support the Greenway. That the whole point of the Conservancy was actually to assist right. in that effort. But the notion that the owner, designer, builder, and who was required by law to do this doesn't somehow feel some sense of significant responsibility to be the principal funder, no matter whether it's a Democratic governor, Republican governor, independent governor, if it was Evan Falchuk who was the governor, it would be the same conversation. I think people should ask the question, why is this controversial? Well, but, can I, but, but I, I, I want to be clear, though. It's not a Charlie Baker issue, but the Baker administration said repeatedly, we're out. We don't want to pay $2 million anymore. And what I hear you saying is when they got in the room, they said, no, we're, we want to share in the, in the support of this. Is, is the, am I hearing you correct? Well, I think that— Or did they start from zero and you moved them up? How did that work? Ricky's well, me, a very persuasive guy. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me make a couple of quick points. One is that the relationship to private real estate community partnering with the public sector to enhance public space is something that has a long history. And business improvement districts, while they're, if we're fortunate, this will be the second significant one in Massachusetts, in other parts of the United States, they're ample. And in New York City, uh, they're really kind of a given. Uh, you know, we, we all know that, you know, my favorite is Times Square, which was not really a pretty place. And now it's actually a vibrant, very important location for anybody that's visiting New York to go and visit. So business improvement districts are something that are common throughout the United States and private parties partnering with the public sector to enhance public space is something that is, is a consistent part of our public policy arena these days. So I but just I, want to make I that still, clear. But I still am not hearing, I, I'd like to know, when you came into the room with the governor and the mayor, as you say, are, is the governor saying, I'm, I'm part of the, we're going to share in the responsibility? Or are they starting from zero and moving up? Well, I think that they, uh, they had certain goals and objectives, and as, as we all did. And the, the notion was, is, okay, how do we work to try to work together to come up with a common 
solution that really made the most amount of sense for the Greenway. So I guess that's as far as you're going to go on that front, huh? Okay. <laughs> I understand what he said. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you a, a, one little detail. You guys have, are putting in $1 million toward operational uh, expenses of the Conservancy, but you're also going to put in 500000 toward what appear to be sort of initiatives that if this business improvement district that you're talking about is created, you would sort of put those toward projects on the Greenway. Uh, what, what is that? Is it, are you going to put a fountain, you, you know, out in front of a building that you want to do? Or, or are you going to tell the, the Conservancy, we want to put something down here? Or, or how does that 500000 work in your, in your mind? And that, that $1 million and that $500,000 is very important to talk about. Um, and let me just say that that really, uh, relative to the sh shared responsibility uh, model, really is important to note that the Commonwealth is not just putting $750,000 on the table. They're spending about $300,000 a year in in-kind uh, contributions as well relative to their support of the Conservancy, which I agree with Jim. The Conservancy's done a great job with leveraging its nonprofit relationship to that site mm -hmm. by leveraging additional money and really enhancing the relationship to the Commonwealth and their partnership. I think that, that idea was a great idea and mm -hmm. Today, over the last five years, it's proven to be very, very important and very, very uh, successful. I agree. I agree. So that that was a good investment of time and effort, and you know we got to give the conservancy folks a lot of credit. So that's how, and the conservancy is going to obviously keep their money uh, on the table as well. Um, the Commonwealth has also agreed to the capital, which is the state of good repair, which right. we hear all the time regarding the, the Commonwealth. And the state of good repair regarding the Greenway is actually an important thing. Because it's getting old. I mean, the good news is it's still beautiful and it's still wonderful, but it's 10 years old now. Um, and it's going to soon be 15 and 20 years old. And we all know, because we've been in the infrastructure business, that when things get old, they need repair. And the cost of repair relative to the age of a piece of infrastructure, generally speaking, goes up. So the Commonwealth's committed to capital. The Commonwealth's committed to a $750,000 operations and maintenance contribution as well as an in-kind contribution. And, uh, and I think that's a pretty substantial bit of dollars because the question mark was, and, you know, uh, who, I mean, you could say, as Jimmy said, you own, the, you own the land and therefore take care of it, reasonable, but there was a question mark about kind of the commitment of doing all the things that needed to get done by the owner. Now, whether we like it or not, we now have, in terms of that question, we now have a clear sense of, the Commonwealth and that MOU saying they're going to take care of the capital, they're going to stay in the business of operations and maintenance, and they're going to stay in the business of supporting the kind of infrastructure to support the Conservancy with a $300,000 contribution. I think we need to be reminded that, that they are invested and have agreed to be a formal and substantive partner in keeping this thing moving forward. Um, and I think that's important. Relative to our million and, and million five, bids are really unique entities. Uh, first of all, a bid board gets created. And that bid board is really, the uh, after the city council approves it, is the determiner of how that money gets used. So we've committed a million dollars uh, once the bid board gets established to, to putting a contract together with the Conservancy for roughly a million dollars to perform the operations and maintenance work. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what? The Conservancy is going to be a vendor of the bid board. And that, in the Conservancy, we expect, will do a very good job. 
but that money is controlled by the bid board. Just like any vendor that's not doing a good job, there'll be some bells and whistles and some agreements and some clarity about the conditions. But oh, and but so that money will be an investment. So operations and maintenance, we've designated both through legislation and then subsequent agreements the conservancy to be that per, that entity. Now and again, as I said to Jimmy, great idea and it's working well now. But you know, just like the Commonwealth or the city. Anybody that gives the conservancy money holds them accountable. It's kind of like a basic tenant. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that we've given us some room, if we get this approved, to make some discretionary enhancements in the space. That's if, you know, if there's a horticultural improvement that we'd like to make, if there's some additional uh, improvements to the civic space, uh, if there's ways to add some amenity to the space, those are things that we'll get to consider with that $500,000. I don't... Again, I think Rick's done a good job in trying to, to take a really bad situation and make it a, a, a success. We, didn't, we chose not to have a business improvement district approach initially when we created the Conservancy in 2004, frankly, because we thought there is always a concern that when there is a bid, that the bid does control how its money is used. The public doesn't control it. The bid controls it. It's their money. And our view at the time was, well, we, all of us who pay taxes, we paid for the Greenway, right? Let's be honest. We say the state paid for it. Yeah. Whose money? Our money. We right. paid for it. So the biggest concern, one of the biggest concerns we had at the time was let's make sure that the public always has significant input to make sure that the Greenway is open to, to all, that it doesn't have restrictions that cut out any reasonable activities. And um, I'm not saying that this bid will threaten that, but the notion of a business improvement district begins to put power back into the hands of the few people who are fortunate enough to be able to have the money to put, to fund it and right. removes it from, from the public realm. I don't know if that will have any consequences down the road. I hope it doesn't. But, you know, we've, we've seen the, green, the Greenway thrive, and there's no reasonable expectation that it won't continue to thrive. It's in everybody's interest for it to thrive. But I just want to go back to the thing I keep writing about in Commonwealth these days, which is what are, what are our civic values these days? I don't, and I challenge people and I ask them, I don't know what our values are that would make the public support um, any approach to whether it's the city level or the state level, federal level um, of government that doesn't say, okay, it's important, it's part of our civic values that we have wonderful open space like the Greenway. That's not a headache, it's not an add-on, it's not a distraction, it's an integral part of why Boston is in resurgence. Does anybody really think the Seaport District would be resurgent if the Greenway wasn't there as, part of the, as an anchor? Or that the city would be doing as well as it is, particularly in the downtown core, that the investment that's happening at the North Station area, the investment that's happening, about to happen uh, at the Government Center garage, that those would be happening without a Greenway? Do we think that South Station uh, development will happen if the Greenway isn't happening? All of these things, all of the vibrancy of the downtown core, I shouldn't say all of it, a disproportionate amount of it is as a result of putting the elevated underground and building the Greenway on it and the Greenway has been a huge success. So for me, the, it, it, it does come down to a question of what do we value, what do we appreciate, and do we agree that some of our tax money, we're all, I'm, I've been a 
city of Boston state taxpayer my whole taxpaying life, right? And uh, I like to say I'm one of those people that I'm happy to pay taxes because I know what it, where it goes and I want it to go to those places for the most part. But um, do we value it enough to want to support it? Are we making our voices heard? And I just I think that's really the fundamental question, whether it's the Greenway or, or other kinds of things that are going on. I think there's also, uh, and this is a little far afield, but there's another issue here because there's another agency that Commonwealth has written quite a bit, a bit about, Department of Conservation and Recreation, that oversees the state's parks. And it, by and large, does a very lousy job at doing it. And, it, and the governor, this governor and previous governor, just continually whack funding for it. So it's not their priority. Let's have it. So, and I'm glad you said that because that's a, that's, a, that's a subject for scrutiny because it shouldn't be that way. There's a reason why the parks in East Boston are so good. It's because Massport pays for the operation and maintenance, not the city, right? Let's just be candid. When you have the city government, state government running parks for some reason in this century, they don't seem to be into it, and I don't know why that is, right? But if you see the difference those parks make to people, yeah. if, you see, if you go to East Boston and walk the Brayman Street Park go to the Pierce Park, and you see the difference that makes to their quality of life and to the vibrancy and safety of the community. If you go to the Greenway and see why that is such a driver of our economy and our quality of life, it boggles the mind that we would say, as a matter of priority, somehow open space and parkland is way, way, way down the bottom of the barrel, where, again, it's about our values. And so... Um, I think it's a question for people to ask and not to complain about the parks, but to say, no, you're not responding to our values. And if people hear that, maybe they'll listen. So uh, I think that's a good way to, way to end it. I want to thank you, Jim Aloisi. Thank you. And Rick Domino, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And all of you out there, please tune, again, tune in again next week. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Thanks for listening. Let me take you down